Welcome to the Theo Soul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We'll begin the Bible lesson by looking at some scripture verses. We'll do an introduction with a brief background and cultural setting. Then we will go over the exposition, which will be a verse-by-verse breakdown of the verses that we've read. Finally, we'll wrap up with some concluding remarks, life application, some takeaway, and how we can live out this Bible lesson in life. And then, as always, we'll leave you with the DDR, Home Daily Bible Readings. Today's lesson is week number four in our winter teaching series entitled Called to Prepare the Way. Hashtag get ready. We're going to be reading Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 12, but I highly recommend that you read the entire third chapter of the gospel according to Matthew. Our main thought is Matthew chapter 3 verse 3. Here's our key verse. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And that was from the KJV, or the King James Version. A brief introduction. As we look at today's lesson, after Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, His parents were warned of Herod's effort to kill the baby, so they were told not to return to their hometown, but to hide among the Egyptians. For more information, please see last week's episode of Sunday School Sundays. Unable to locate and destroy Jesus, Herod flew into a rage and ordered the killing of all boys in the Bethlehem area, hoping Jesus would be one. See the reference to Matthew chapter 2 verse 16. Joseph and Mary stayed in Egypt until Jesus was called out by God when Herod died. Jesus quote grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him end quote. That was a reference to Luke chapter number 2 verse 40 and that was from the NIV. Most believe Jesus began his public ministry at the age of 30. The announcement of his ministry is the subject of our lesson today. It was first the reality that God's timing for salvation had arrived in the form of his son. Secondly, it was recognition that repentance is necessary for salvation. Jesus is the promised, is the promise fulfilled of a better day. Now let's take a look at our lesson and let's break down these verses. Call and response is one of the beautiful traditions in African-American cultural and religious experience. Few things are as moving as when the saints begin to sing in the old time way. 
lining hymns at long or short meter. Call and response is not at all solely regulated to the pew. Call and response makes its way into the pulpit as well. As preachers retort phrases like, can I get a witness? Or the more contemporary, touch a neighbor. It calls the church to participate in the time-honored tradition of call and response. Interestingly, whatever energy the initiator of the call and response exerts in the call portion, the congregation automatically exudes back in the response. This suggests that responses have to match the call. In our lesson today, we continue in the season of Advent by exploring John the Baptist, a larger-than-life figure who called his, his followers in us who are reading today into a right response to God. John is heralded as the one who prepared the way for Jesus. And we should appreciate his message to us today in this lesson as a means of calling us to examine ourselves. Truly, we all have been graciously called by Christ. John's message will help us ensure we are righteously responding to that call. There's nothing like a good call and response. Let us match the energy of the call. Section number one is entitled, Repent! Let's read Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. From the KJV. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Each gospel account captures the life and ministry of Christ, his death and resurrection differently. Likewise, each gospel recounts its truth to different or original audiences at varying points in history. For this reason, whenever something crosses over and finds itself in all four gospel accounts, Biblicists pay special attention to it. John's ministry is one such reality. Mention of John occurs in every gospel. And soon we will discover why. See the references to Mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. Luke chapter 3 verses 1 through 22. In John chapter 1 verses 19 through 34 as well as today's lesson for all accounts 
It is a widely held thought that after the closing of the Hebrew canon, what we call the Old Testament, OT, heaven went silent and prophecies stopped. 400 years, it's a long time. That left approximately a 400 plus year drought on inspired speech from heaven. Then, out of nowhere, and seemingly in the middle of nowhere, see Matthew chapter 3 verse 1, remember, he's preaching in the wilderness of Judea. John appeared preaching. While we may read John's wilderness revival as a trite detail, Matthew's original audience did not. The wilderness was a significant setting for the significant ministry of John. It was the place of prophets. John's sermon was fairly simple, even in its profundity. Repent, because the kingdom is near. To repent means literally turning to God and away from sin. And anything that would cause us to cease in our search and pursuit of God. Let's repeat that definition again. To repent means literally turning to God and away from sin. And anything that would cause us to cease in our search and pursuit of God. This is more than just an emotional and intellectual experience. It is a complete transformation of the entire person, including our mind and emotions that are manifested in our actions. The head, the heart, and the hands. It is an ontological remix of our being in which we become something new. Rebirth, anybody? Jesus calls his listeners to turn around, to shift the direction of their lives, and to look, listen, and give our full attention to God's kingdom. Repentance calls for a full change in direction. It literally compels one to move in a way that is unfamiliar and different than what was done previously. To repent is to look the other way. It's up to look. It's to look up, but it's also to look out. It is to give our full attention to God and his rule in our lives. And that was section one. Repent. Matthew chapter three, verses one through six. Section 2 is entitled, The Acts at the Root. Let's read Matthew chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. From the KJV, it reads, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth Therefore, fruits meet or worthy for repentance. 
and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, or cut down, and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, or fan is a winnowing fork, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, or clear it up, and gather his wheat into the garner, or the granary, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The axe at the root. Matthew disclosed all in the crowd were not in John's corner, mentioning the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Here and later in Jesus' ministry, though Pharisees and Sadducees were opposing groups, they combined to resist what God was doing in Christ. Here, they can join to oppose and question John's movement. Their opposition was likely because he offered a means of repentance separate from what was offered in the temple. When John noticed the Sadducees and the Pharisees in the midst, he rebuked them. Through his rebuke, we get a second reminder of the depth of repentance. It requires evidence. The fruit of repentance is a changed disposition and matching actions. These religious groups refused to do that. So John refused to baptize them. They got a stern rebuke. He continued in verse 9. Cautioning them that their history and ethnicity were not enough for salvation. His rebuke previewed the role grace plays in salvation history. God's kingdom is opened up beyond the bloodline of Abraham. Gentiles can become co-heirs of God's kingdom. It should be noted that as believers, we sometimes err in the same ways as the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We claim to be saved or have been in church all of our lives. But John's rebuke still stands today. If we are children of God, we must look like it. Here John's ministry was aptly summed up. His ministry was calling the nation to repent. He baptized with water. His work of baptism was significant. But his greatest work was his announcement of the one who was to come. John's announced that he was not the Messiah, but the Messiah was indeed coming. He revealed the important work in the Messiah would do. John was paving the way and getting the hearts of people prepared for Jesus. John's baptism offered only an acknowledgement of sin and the need to return to God. It did not absolve the sin problem, 
nor did it help prevent sin from subduing us again. His ministry allowed for neither the absolution nor abstinence from sin, only the acknowledgement. This is why John says Jesus' ministry will pick up with what his ministry failed to do and accomplish. John used the imagery of baptism only, only this time with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an ongoing reality. The Holy Spirit helps us do much more than speak in tongues, known and unknown, or worship in physically demonstrative ways. He, the Holy Spirit, helps us avoid sin altogether and gives us the willpower to shun even the appearance of evil. Fire is symbolic of the purifying and refining work of the Spirit of Christ. We are not just saved. We are continually being saved through sanctification. And that was section two entitled The Acts at the Root. As we come to the end of another Bible lesson, let's wrap up with some concluding remarks and some life application. John's message to repent is one, we must hearken. We all must turn away from sin and turn toward God. Living in recognition and expectation of God's involvement in our lives in producing the fruit of, or results of repentance. Jesus is returning to judge the world. At his return, he will gather those who belong to him and send off those who do not belong to him and send those off and send those who do not to be burned with an unquenchable fire. Mere lip service is not enough. It requires effort and endurance on our part. However, we can rejoice in having his ever-present help. God has called. Get ready. Today's Bible lesson trending hashtag is hashtag get ready. We should get ready and stay ready for God's presence in our lives. How do we do that? Share your views. Tag us on social media platforms at CJCooper929 on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to hit us up on the FB, the Facebook, uh, you can tag us, Chad Cooper. And use hashtag Sunday School Sundays and also use hashtag The Podcast. Hashtag get ready. God's word in life. The centrality of repentance is a concept that often is lost on modern thinking. We typically associate repentance with apologies and the desire for forgiveness. However, repentance requires that a change takes place. We do something differently. Crisis many times 
will grant us the opportunity to consider our actions and the ways we might do something differently. The world and the nation have had a chance to do just that with the advent of COVID-19. Our way of doing things and our way of doing life may not have been the direct causation of the pandemic. However, our systems and ways of thinking were proven to be insufficient to stymie its tide. Instead of rushing to resume normal life and activities, this has been a time to consider where we have gone wrong and consider a new path of repentance, looking at a way to introduce a new way of relating to one another. Here's some discussion questions. Number one, what areas in your life have you previously refused to repent and do differently? Number two, describe a time you have been helped by family, legacy, or name. How do you rely on your family's reputation to get ahead in life? Number three, how do you respond to street preachers? Do you receive their messages or ignore them as crazy people? Do you think your response to John the Baptist would have been any different? Why or why not? Think about it. One of the main themes in today's lesson is repentance. Repentance is the act of turning away from sin and turning toward God. Are there any sins you struggle with turning away from? What do you think makes turning away from that sin so difficult? What sins do you think John's audience may have had difficulty turning away from? Just before we leave you, here are the DDR for the upcoming week. Monday, live by God's word, Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 11. Tuesday, Jubilee, year of God's favor, Leviticus 25, 8 through 17. Wednesday, miracle of the meal and oil. 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. Thursday, Naaman's leprosy healed in Jordan River. 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. Friday, Jesus overcomes the devil's temptations. Luke chapter 4, 1 through 13. Saturday, Jesus driven out of Nazareth. Luke 4, 23 through 30. Finally, Sunday, Jesus' mandate for ministry announced. Luke 4, verses 14 through 22. This has been another episode of Sunday School Sundays 
on the DLSO podcast. For those of you who would love to interact with us, you can do so on social media platforms. On Facebook, you can look me up, Chad Cooper. On Instagram and Twitter, you can look us up at CJCooper929. For those who are feel led to, if you would like to donate and sow a seed, you can do so via Cash App. You can look us up on Cash App as dollar sign CJ Cooper 22. We hope you had a blessed Christmas and we look forward and today is the second day of Kwanzaa. The first day is Umoji or Umoja, which was unity. Today is the day of Umanja or self-determination. We hope as you reflect, reflected on the season of Advent and had a wonderful time of Christmas and reflect during the seven days of Kwanzaa that God will bless you and keep you as we meet in the new year. This has been another episode of the Theoso Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. God bless and take care.